Hello ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jake Kerr. I'd like to welcome you to the 84th episode of the Black Ink Podcast and today I want to tell you a little story about a fuckhead that I dealt with online. Now I know what you're thinking, hey, is this on Instagram? No, 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 this is on Gumtree, brother. This is one step better than having something happen on a social media platform. So I'm on, uh, I'm taking a shit this morning at God knows what time, four o'clock or whatever it was, and I search on Gumtree Porsche because it's one of my kind of you know, one of my goals to one day own either like a late 80s wide ass 911 Porsche or maybe like a 2017 Porsche Panamera in like the dark green color. Either one of those two I'd be super stoked with. So what I do while I can't afford it is I keep myself relevant with how much they're worth. I keep myself educated with the with like kind of the market. And, you know, obviously it doesn't really help me right now, but maybe in one, two, three years time when I'm in the position to be buying one of these vehicles, I'll have somewhat of an idea of how much they're worth and what to look out for. And, you know, it's even as simple as like when you're looking for something and trying to keep yourself knowledgeable in the market, understanding what is like relevant all the time. So what's something that's always available and what's something that you only see once every now and then and you see it for a day and it gets sold straight away. You kind of understand what are the more desirable things and what things you probably shouldn't buy. So as I say, I like to keep myself relevant and I do this by keeping my ear to the ground and finger on the pulse by staying in these like because essentially like gum trees a forum right it's just like a selling forum where it's like categorized by things that you want to sell but it's essentially it's a forum so i search porsche and nothing comes up for the bunbury area because you know no taste in bunbury uh no there is i'm just being a a piece of shit so i search for porsche and open up my search to just everywhere in australia to see what's on offer and the first four things that come up are all porsches and then the next 150 things that came up we're everything but Porsches. So what car yards like to do is infiltrate this uh, used car market forum uh, that is Gumtree where people, they know people go there to buy cars. So what they do is they put the ad on there and like, oh, I don't, you've probably used Gumtree so you know, but I'll tell you what, just for the sake of the conversation, I'm gonna explain from the get-go what someone like you or me does to sell a car on Gumtree. So you go onto Gumtree, you upload probably between three and 10 photos, couple of angles inside and out, under the bonnet, all the rest. And then you put on there, hey, here's what I've got. Gumtree asks you like, what's the make, the model, the color, the kilometers, the this, the that, automatic manuals, it registered, is it in, rah, 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 right? So when the other person comes along and goes like, oh yeah, this person's got this thing for sale. It just looks like someone has written essentially what you would write on a for sale sign that you would pin up to the fucking board at Coles on Saturday morning and people would come along and pull off the little fucking numbers underneath and then they'd wait until they are done their shopping and they'd sit in the car and call you up and say, have you still got that 2002 Barina for sale, brother? Give us a little bit more information on it if you wouldn't mind. Anyway, what the car yards do is they come along and say, oh, are you telling me there's already all this foot traffic in this online forum where I can just push my shit up and advertise it as if it's out of a car yard and like only use all capital letters and put every single make in the description of the car so that it doesn't matter what anybody searches as long as it's to do with cars, they're going to see my ad, right? So if you didn't follow that, they put keywords into the description of the card, the car, even if it has nothing to do with the car that they're advertising on that advert which means that you can click on, so I search for a Porsche and I'm getting like fucking, uh, you know, Ford Territories and, you know, GTs and just all these different like normal cars that you would see in a car yard. So I'm like, hey, 
I'm going to make a little bet with myself. I think all of these cars come from the same car yard because all of these ads seem to be all together because they're all posted really conveniently like all eight hours ago. So they're all from the same car yard maybe. Hmm, okay. So I go on there. Sure enough, it's some piece of shit car yard in Perth. And it's got, uh, you know, you go down the bottom and it's got, we also sell Ford, Holden, Jaguar, Porsche, this, you know, Audi, going through all the fucking makes. So it doesn't matter what car brand you search in, you're going to see that ads every time. And then on top of that, like, there's no fucking grammar or punctuation. There is just, everything's capital letters and they're just like, you know, uh, air con, power steering, but like all the bullshit where you would just normally like lay it out conveniently so people can digest the information that you're trying to tell them instead of just like throwing all the words onto a piece of paper and going like, I don't know, you fucking figure out what the words mean because I'm just a car salesman. I don't fucking know. I can't lay straight in bed. I'm sorry. Why don't you do it? Do you want to buy the car now? So I'm like, you know what? Just, just so they understand that someone has been disadvantaged by this particular action that they've decided to do because they know what they're doing. Okay, what they're doing is really fucking terrible marketing. Okay, they're advertising in the sleaziest way possible because to be fair, I know that there's an option on Gumtree where it says, are you a private seller or you're a used car dealer? Are you a car yard or are you just a normal person? I get that there's that option, but basically you shouldn't be here. Okay, Gumtree is for people trying to sell fucking bird cages and home appliances and gyms, right? Not fucking for you to come along. You have an entire brick and mortar establishment. You probably have a functioning website. You probably have multiple places where you're existing, platforms where you're existing like Instagram and Facebook and all the rest. You don't belong on Gumtree because when it comes down to it, you're just f saturating the market with options that people are already aware of. People aren't going to Gumtree to find out what cars are in car yards, right? So I go on there, I write a little message and I'm like, hey man, Putting every make in your description is a cuck move. Because it is, right? So then I get an email about half an hour later and it says, Hey, Jake, like, dude, this is the thing. You think I'm going to shy away from telling you that you're a cuck? Oh, no, daddy. I put in my full name. I put in my work email address. I put in my real mobile phone number, okay? Because I'm not going to pretend to be someone else. Dude, fuck you. I'll tell you fuck you. That's all good, okay? So... By the way, the guy Adam is his name. Is well, that's the name that they've put on the fucking on the post and on on all of those cars. It's all Adam. So I'm guessing that's either a name that they've just come up with to make it sound like it's relatable and personable, or it's actually a guy called Adam who makes bad decisions at this car yard. So, and I'm yet to find this out, you know. So I get this email from this fucking Adam, obviously an auto-generated response because, you know, when someone calls you a cuck, you usually don't respond with, hey, thanks for inquiring about whatever this vehicle is below, and then it goes to like a, a hot link of the vehicle that it was, which was a Suzuki Jimny, you know, because Suzuki Jimnys are made by Porsche. That's how I came about there, because Porsche makes Suzuki Jimnys, so that's why the fuck Porsche was in the description, okay? All good. So, thanks for inquiring about this. I'm going to get one of my staff members to contact you about this at our soonest convenience. You're like, we look forward to speaking to you. We hope we can do business together. So I'm like, no, Adam, I want you to call me. Okay? So I, I, I send the email. I don't say thanks, Jake, or hey, whatever. I just say, no, Adam, I want you to call me. 
okay? Don't get one of your staff to, I don't want to call them a cuck. I want to call you a cuck, Adam, okay? Because I believe truly deep within my heart that you watch your missus get fucked by other people against your will, okay? Because that's the sort of shit that someone does when they also partake in putting every fucking make in the description of cars they want to sell on Gumtree, okay? So then Adam calls me, okay? He calls, he lets it ring three times, and then he hangs up. I'm like, oh, okay. So he must, do, oh, 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 it's calling again. It's ringing again. And then he hangs up and I'm like, oh, hang on. I think he's not letting it go to voicemail. I think he might be having a bit of a fucking tug of war with himself at the moment. And the fucking beautiful part about this is, is like, you got to remember, right? It's eight o'clock for me when this is all happening, okay? Daddy's been awake for four and a half hours. Daddy's been at work. Okay, by this time, I'm seasoned to the day and you're just walking into the office and you've just been called a cuck. So I then see the phone ring one more time and I'm like, oh, the fish is on the hook because nobody rapid calls three times in a row and doesn't know that they got called a cuck beforehand. A normal car salesman will call once, leave a message saying, hey, you going? This is your friendly cuck car salesman. I just wanted to let you know, I saw your inquiry on Gumtree and I'm just getting back to you. Look, give us a call at your earliest convenience and we'll sort out a great deal for you. Thanks, mate. Catch you later. Cuck out. Bang. Right? But no, he calls a fourth time and then he calls a fifth time. And I'm just thinking, well, this is, I'm, I'm giggling, you know what I mean? And normally I'd be upset because you know I got my AirPods in. You know I'm listening to some shit and educating myself, fulfilling my life with interesting information because daddy's on the chase of being the best possible person he can be in between calling people cucks, obviously. So he's interrupting the podcast that I'm listening to, but at this point it doesn't matter. Bitch, you can call all day because I know that I've won. I was having this conversation with Riz the other day. You know, when I get road rage with people, see what I like to do now, this is like some next level 2022 shit when it comes to road rage, okay? So if you piss me off in the car, what I'll then do is try and piss you off, but make it look like I'm doing it through negligence or ignorance rather than through like direct fucking action against you. So that when you start to get upset and then you're like looking at me to give me the finger through the window, I'll just be like on the phone or something or just like chewing chewy gum or like singing a song or something like just never give you the satisfaction of even getting that eye contact back because I know at that point that you're angry at me that I've won. As long as you get angry after me, then the sour taste is left in your mouth. I know you're thinking, Jake, this is also nefarious. Why would you do it? I'm fucking bored sometimes, you know? I'm bored. And if you're being a fucking negligent cunt on the road, then it's kind of my responsibility not to teach you anything, but to keep you honest and humble. Okay, because this is how dickheads are generated within society. They just go unchecked and unchecked and unchecked and unchecked, right? Because people are getting tamer. They're getting fucking less aggressive and less offensive. People are scared that they're going to be called out with something. If you're a shit driver, dude, you shouldn't be on the road. Okay, because I'm, I mean, this particular thing that I'm talking about with the road rage thing, the example that I used for Larissa just yesterday was this dude, right? We come to a T intersection where you can turn left or right. We're both turning left, okay? Before we even got to this T intersection, I saw this man drive in front of two cyclists who I saw both of them pull both of their brakes, okay? Now, with history and road cycling, I'll tell you a thing. If you're pulling on both your brakes, it means something's fucking happening very quickly. You can usually just touch one of the brakes or do something to wash off a bit of speed. This was like a direct like, fuck, we got to slow down, right? So he's done that. And then he's in front of me and he's turning left and I'm turning left. I'm like, cool. You haven't done anything to me, but you're not a good driver, okay? 
because that could be me on that fucking push bike and you could have just done that to me because daddy's on his bike all the time. And obviously, I mean, you think you're better than a fucking push bike, right? I don't know whether you haven't seen them, whether you've seen them and thought you're going to pull them. It doesn't fucking matter at this point, okay? You're fucked up. So I follow him. We're waiting and, and like where we're turning left, it goes into a dual carriageway, right? So he's got his left-hand indicator on. The polite thing to do in this situation is to pull into the left-hand lane because we're in the middle of town. It doesn't really matter whether it's right or left. But given the circumstance, you'll put into the left-hand lane because that's the closest. And if you want to move over to the right, do so. Or if you're going to go directly into the right-hand lane, which I also don't have a problem with, you drive according to where you're going to end up. Okay, so don't pull into the left-hand lane and then think, oh, I'm going to chuck on my right-hand indicator and pull into the right-hand lane without looking, which is what Homeboy did, by the way. Just fucking wait. If you, if you made the commitment to the left-hand lane, just wait for a second. Look in your mirror, put on the indicator, go through the fucking procedure that everyone else has to do in that situation and follow it through, right? But no, he just decides to rip into the right-hand lane after he's, like, he's pulled into the left-hand lane, pulls into the right-hand lane immediately, and because I've been on the road for a suitable amount of time and I know how to negotiate these situations, I watched the language of his car and had determined that he was going into the left-hand lane and I'd already made a decision to go into the right-hand lane. So I let the language of my car speak and I started, I, I drove toward the right-hand lane and at the last minute, he chucks on his indicator, doesn't look, and then pulls in front of me. And so at this point, I'm like, oh, this cunt doesn't even realize that things are going on around him. He doesn't realize that the world is happening around him, that he's in a two-ton missile cruising around town with other two-ton missiles and doesn't realize that there's consequence to maybe a fender bender or something. Like, he's just like, oh, fucking whatever. And like, I know it's not that serious, but also, like, dude, if that's how you drive, I'm telling you this guy doesn't wipe his ass properly. How you do everything is how you do anything the other way around. You know what I mean? So I'm like, okay, I had somewhere to be. And if I'm honest with you, I'm running late. But you know what? I just got a new priority in life. I need to humble this man, okay? So what I do is we get to the next set of lights and I'm stuck behind him. I'm, I'm a little bit, you know, I'm a little bit hot under the collar. I've got the aircon on because, you know, I hate these situations. I hate these situations where someone's like so actively not doing the right thing or just not paying attention. It's like when you see old people driving cars 20Ks under the limit and it's like, well, you just don't belong in a car. You're not being safe. You don't have the cognitive function to be able to process the information coming in at such a rate to do the speed limit. So therefore, not, not do the speed limit, not be in a car, right? Because if you can't handle 60 k's per hour, fuck me when it comes to 100, you know? Oh, you just to avoid 100 k's per hour? Hey, 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 shoo, shoo. Hand in the license, get Ubers everywhere. It's that time, okay? I'm sorry, it's that time. You had 60 years of hell good times, now it's that time. Okay, so anyway, we pull up to the lights and this dude's fucking still a million miles away. And at this point, I'm like, I'm in the mood to sing. So I've got my AirPods in and dude, if you know, like, okay, give you some uh, context because most of the people who listen to this podcast are from the same area as me. I'm now at the set of lights where Retrovision, Sparklers, that tire shop and Martin Bird's bedroom furnishing is, right? Now I'm pointed, I'm, I've got Retrovision to my left-hand side, the tire shop to my right-hand side, and I'm pointed towards town, like po pointed towards Bunnings, right? Oh, good God. So I'm sitting there, I'm behind this guy and he's driving some sort of, I fucking forget what he was driving, who cares, you know? So anyway, he's driving that and, and the light turns green. He's at the front of the lights and I'm behind him. We take off. Luckily, the guy next to us on the left is like, you know, fucking another 20% more retarded than this guy on the right. So he's like, you know, oh, where's my, where's first gear? Oh, I'm driving an automatic. Oh, fuck, I stalled it. 
So he's like stopped at the lights. We've taken off and this guy in front of me takes off so fucking incredibly slow, which is so annoying because it contradicts your behavior before. You were in a rush to cut off the cyclist. You were in a rush to get into the other lane so that you could cut me off. And now we're taking off from the lights. You're, t you're taking your time. So what are we doing? You know, and I'm trying to calm myself down. I'm listening to the weekend. We're going to get back to that in a second. I'm listening to the weekend. I'm singing it out loud. I'm like, yeah, it's all good. But inside I'm angry, you know, I'm angry. So he takes off. And because dickhead next to us has stopped, he's moved over into the left-hand lane. I'm like, oh my God, this is it. This is my opportunity. This is, as, this, is as if, this is as if God wanted me to teach him a lesson right now. So what I do is I speed up. I go past the place that I was meant to go to. I'm already running 10 minutes late, remember? I pull in front of this dude and I just slow down. I slow right down. Not even near a turnoff, daddy. I'm just slowing down. And when I say slowing down, I slowed down to like 20 Ks per hour and really just took my time approaching the left-hand turn, which realistically is only one turn beyond where I had to turn before. So it didn't slow me down so much. It's kind of to my, it was, as I said, it was as if it was meant to happen. I was meant to teach this guy a lesson, right? So I get to turn left here and then I see him in my revision mirror. And don't forget, you know, I'm wearing the new school aviators. You're not seeing where I'm looking and I'm not even tilting my head towards the mirror so you can see me looking at you. And I see this dude going like, hey, Hey, I win, I win. So I just went and did whatever I was doing and hopefully that fucked up a little bit of his morning because he fucked up a little bit of my morning. You know, I'm not saying it's the right thing to do and I'm not saying that, you know, like I'm proud of what I did, but also someone's got to keep him in check, right? Because he's just going to keep being a fucking bad driver everywhere. I mean, at the very least, I made him stop and pay attention to me. Because what happens if next week he goes out and cuts those cyclists off again and instead of, you know, he hits them, okay? And I'm not saying kill them. Let's just say he breaks one of their legs. Like, dude, I know there's bigger things to worry about, like everything in the, in the world at the moment. But I mean, making the world a bit better place, one driver at a time by doing shit like that, I feel like somewhere is my responsibility, you know? And even if it isn't, makes me feel good. So I'm waiting for Adam to call me back again, but... In this situation, I think what I'll actually do is I'm going to wait until Friday, probably three o'clock in the afternoon, and then I'm going to start calling Adam back. And I'm going to give him some really fucking boring conversations and questions about different cars. I'm going to really waste his time because that's essentially what he's doing on Gumtree. Okay. I know there is no need for this like societal cleansing that I've given myself the duty of carrying out. But at the same time, I enjoy things like this. Okay. I don't go out and drink alcohol like the most of the motherfuckers out there. I just, I do things like this, you know, like I like it. It's fun. It's not even, not even, it sounds like I'm a bad person. You know what I mean? But it's more to the point where like, no, no, you went out of your way to inconvenience me. Please let me return the favor. Okay. And look, Adam, I know where you work now, sweetie. Okay. I can literally come and visit you if I want. It's not like I'm going to come and break your knees or anything. Like I'm silly, silly. I'm not going to do that over you putting the wrong thing in a gum tree ad. Okay. It'd take probably something slightly worse than that for me. And also that's not me. I'm a nice guy as well. I'm a, I'm a fucking nice guy. Okay. But I will call you at Friday, three o'clock in the afternoon. Identify that you're getting ready to wind down for the, for the week and just make it unbearable. And I'll let you know. I'll let you know at the last call as well. Hey, just so you know, this is Jake who emailed you and called you a cuck and I still haven't changed my mind. You're still a cuck, okay? So fuck you, enjoy your weekend. I'm out, right? Oh, I made all that up. I'm just joking, but... Mm. What I do want to come in with, I've been, I've been uh, very 
observant of the podcast that I listen to personally and have kind of uh, realized that I have this really weird open format that I do. I'm doing it again, talking about the podcast. I'm sorry, stick with me. I have this open format where I just get on camera and I just talk and I just keep talking until I have nothing else to say or I hit the time limit and then I stop talking. And everybody else's podcast seems to have like another guest uh, and some sort of like segmentation or categorization where like this is the beginning of this or maybe it's just like free reign until like half an hour in and then the last 15 minutes it's just addressing topics or it's a segment or it's rah, 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 X, Y, Z. So... I don't necessarily want to have segments because I don't believe in having any sort of structure to this thing because for me, this is just an exercise in getting confident in talking and using my vocabulary and being able to transmit or deliver these ideas that I have in my head that are fucking ginormous and in the clouds and actually forming them into words and sentences and giving them to you in a way that you can digest them and hopefully find some relatability. But at the same time, there is something kind of nice to the idea of segments and also like I feel like it's this, it's, uh, it, it's opportunity, you know what I mean? It's one of those things where I think the thing that scares me about a segment is that, okay, now I've got to come up with this specialized piece of information every time I do a podcast to fit into the segment. But at the same time, it's pretty fucking hard to come up with any information for 45 minutes consecutively like two or three times a week ongoing into the future. So I guess it's not that much of a, of a hurdle, but at the same time, you know, it's all consideration. And with that, I must admit the whole idea of this podcast is kind of getting, I feel like I'm, I'm on episode 84. So I'm 16 episodes away from a hundred, which means that, you know, I've got 4,500 minutes of recorded shit that I've done. Plus all the stuff that I didn't upload, plus all the, you know, reviews and interviews and blah, blah, blah that I've done. So I'm getting to a point now where I have enough data and enough information and enough experience to assess what's going on and make a decision moving forward. And I think I'm definitely going to keep the channel active. I think the podcast itself is going to pay, take a bit of a different direction uh, after episode 100. I kind of want to capture this as 100 episodes of podcast and really just start to focus on uh, what I can do with media in general moving forward. Because I think one of the really cool things that I've identified through this podcast is I am able to speak confidently and I do have the uh, ability to, as I say, transmit these ideas that I've got in my head and say them with emotion and passion and not be scared that people are going to go, oh, look at this fucking dickhead, you know, raising his blood pressure over nothing. I do have all that, but I don't think it's best suited to this particular, uh, like, this particular form of communication. So I've been, I've been just kind of brainstorming ideas and been talking with my mentors lately. So I'm kind of excited for what the next thing could be. I don't, as I say all the time, I'm not going to say what it is. I don't even, I don't even really know. So I, I, I don't know, but I guess just bookmark it because after episode 100 and I think maybe, Oh, hang on. I have 10% left on my phone. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think after episode 100, I'll either, I'm, I'm thinking about having someone else on the podcast, hey, and I don't think it'll be the same person and I don't even think it'll be a podcast setting. I think I want to go a little bit different to that again. I've, there's, you know, obviously there's like everything cool that everyone's done and then there's like this, this like there's, everyone's in the same position, by the way. It's like everybody has done everything before and when you're trying to find something that's just yours, it's your niche, it's your little like environment that you can inhabit 
it's hard to do, but it's also ridiculously easy if you just listen to your intuition rather than trying to replicate something that's already done. I think the best thing to do is listen to your intuition, go that direction, and then take guidance from things that have already been done. So you can use the data on like, right, this works, this doesn't, I'm gonna apply this to my project, and here's how I'm expecting it to react and move forward in the future. So it is interesting. I think the thing that I have in mind while I still don't know exactly what it is, and I feel like that's black ink in general. I don't know what this is. You know, like I don't have a definite plan for the end of the year. I don't have a definite plan for the end of the month, but I know that by continuing to show up and staying persistent and consistent that the day provides, you know what I mean? Like you put your faith in the day and the day will respond. And this is something that I constantly have to go through. Like I've spoken a little bit lately uh, about the fact that finally I have money in my account. Like I have actual money in my account. Like right now, for the sake of transparency, I think to my name, I have, you know, like five or $600. Amazing, amazing. Go back two months and that was just like, all I thought about was the fact that I didn't have money and I had to stay true to the purpose and and the direction knowing that it would eventually come back. And the idea was that I was going to have, I mean, I know bragging about having $500 to your name is probably not brag worthy, but I did expect to be at this position right now a lot earlier. I thought that this would start kind of giving back a lot earlier and it didn't. But when it did start giving back, the cool thing about it was, was I wasn't surprised that it was now finally starting to happen. And I didn't at all feel like it was too early. I'm like, cool, this is on time. It feels organic and it feels integral. I like it. But now I have this weird thing because I went without money for so long, when I get money in my account, I'm still a stingy cunt. Like I don't want to buy coffee when I go out. I'm like, oh, I'll just go home and make one. You know, like why would I fucking waste $5 at McDonald's who don't buy my shirts in return, mind you. That's a really important thing. Like I still love a nice coffee from McDonald's and a latte with one. I'm only human. But at the same time, like, you know, seven out of 10 times I can make that decision and go like, I'll make a coffee when I get home. You know, I'm fine with that. And like now, just before, you know, paying my fucking Medibank bill, you know, your monthly, because I've got like a manual monthly payment where I pay it myself, it's not a direct debit. And, you know, I had to tell myself like, this is okay. You know, like you've got the money and you've got a bill, pay the bill. You know what I mean? Like it's no good dragging the bill out until the very last day when you've got the money. The whole point of making the money is so that you can live. This is a part of living. You know, it's a weird kind of like, you know, before I was literally on zero the whole time, like go back two, three months, the, my standard situation was I was on zero and, you know, I knew a bill would be coming in on Friday and it would be Monday. I'm like, right, I've got to make enough money for rent. I've got to make enough money for whatever's going on with the business. And then on top of that, I have to make an extra $60 because I know my car insurance is coming out on Friday, right? So I have to have at least $60 by the end of the week. And yes, 100%. Like, as I mentioned before, Larissa has been nothing but um, supportive emotionally, physically, and financially. She's she's paid for so many things along the way to, to really keep this boat afloat. Uh, I've also had to borrow money from friends and family to keep this alive. I mean, I hate admitting it. Uh, I think it gives me power to admit it through the fact that I hate it. But at the same time, like, it's a, still a thing where I like, it's easy to ask for money when it's for your business rather than when it's for drugs, you know? And I'm not saying that I've ever had to ask for money for drugs. I don't think I have. But at the same time, like, when you're asking for a business, it's like, hey, like, I need 350 bucks for rent for the next, you know, two weeks. Just understand that I'm in this position because, like, I'm taking a massive bet on myself 
and I'm investing in this thing that has no ceiling. And if I can work it the right way, it's going to go to the fucking moon. And I'm asking you for the next two weeks to invest in my rent because if you don't, I may have to go and get a real job. And the day that I get a real job, this will start to crumble, you know? And we can talk a little bit about that. No, we won't. We might, we might. Just bookmark it, okay? I'll forget it, but you remember, you, you remember okay? So, the asking for money thing, it just makes you so, it's almost like a state of flight. You're constantly in a thing where like, okay, you know, I anything that can possibly make a dollar, I have to seriously consider. The things that I really don't want to do, I still want to consider because then it, it means that like, it keeps me uh, porous to the idea that there's still money hidden in little pockets of life that you're not anticipating, you know, like, and this is as simple as like, you know, you know that your neighbor collects all their cans, but doesn't take them down to the recycle point. Well, it's like when it comes D-Day or they want to get rid of all those cans, you know, if I've got the afternoon spare and they've got all these cans, they're just going to put in their recycle bin, then who am I to not go and take that down to the recycle joint and get my fucking 20, 30 bucks, you know, because five years ago, 20 or 30 bucks wasn't worth swapping my, it wasn't worth doing anything for. There was nothing I would do for $20 because like it's fucking $20, man. I earn like two grand a week. Why would, I earn, why would I want your fucking $20? But now it's like, well, $20 is a third of my car insurance and my car insurance comes around once a month. So I'm going to go get that fucking $20, you know? And that, you know, that state of fear that money puts you in and also that state of hunger that not having money puts you in is like character entwining. And I mean that like now that like, you know, at the beginning of the week, I think I had about $1,100, right? And I had to obviously, you know, Valentine's Day and, you know, bills and keeping things afloat for black ink and utilities and all the rest, like just spending money, just not like a fucking something happened. I just, you know, just spending money as you do. And, you know, like, obviously now you can consider I had 1100 then I had to spend 140 today, like 140 is like a good fucking, what, 12 point something percent of that original amount of money. No, it's not 140. It's like nine, whatever, dude, it's like fucking 7.8% or something or 8%. So, or it might be 8.3. I don't know. It's a percentage of the fucking amount. Why'd you ask? So it's hard to go like, oh, now I've got to spend this $140. But also like, it doesn't matter how much it is. If it's a bill and, and you know, it's a part of the general thing, then you've got to pay it, you know? So it's kind of interesting. I've always wondered when you see those millionaires who still collect their coins when they get their change and people who like, they'll, you know, they walk into a deal. Like I've seen a very wealthy uh, associate of mine walk into a deal uh, to buy a, a vehicle with $50,000 in cash and they had the 50 grand and the car was 50 grand and this 50 grand to this person was nothing and they still negotiated down to like fucking 47 or whatever it was and it's like when fifty thousand dollars is a drop in the ocean to your overall wealth why do you care about three grand well me two months ago would have shit the bed for three grand I would have done some gay shit on camera for three grand, right? So that's why. Because typically someone who's self-made and has all the money has had to take that bet on themselves young or earlier and had to keep betting on themselves day after day after day after day, even when there's enough evidence that you shouldn't keep doing that. Still going, still showing up, still turn the lights on, still getting the work done. 
And then you get to a point where it's like, right, there's money in the bank. I don't have to worry anymore. Well, the only thing that changes is I don't have that flight feeling inside of me of I have to make money. Now I can take that same energy that was just keeping me alive. It was like a surviving energy. And I can translate that now into creative energy and use it to fuel myself into like, okay, I've got, you know, we've, we've all got a certain amount of a tank of energy when we wake up first thing in the morning. How am I best going to negotiate, negotiate this and, and manipulate this energy to get the best possible result when before I was wasting probably 30% of that on just subconscious wheels running in the back of my mind like, oh, and I've got my Medibank coming out next week's $140 and I've got to fucking come up with rent. That's the week after. Okay, yeah, so I've got to make this, you know, I don't have those conversations anymore, but I'm still that kind of frugal like, hey, man. Where's the, where's the 25 cents change? You know what I mean? Like I just, I'll grab that real quick because that's my change, you know? But it's interesting though, going back to the weekend, I, I was thinking it's not even a segment, but I just want to give like a bit, of re, a, bit of a, a bit of a review. So the weekend, uh, which is, uh, I believe his real name is Abel Testfate or something like that. Uh, he is out of Canada and he is a solo R&B artist that has been releasing music for the best part or over 10 years. So I've been a pretty big weekend fan for, I would say, close to 10 years. I was a real big fan of, the, of his, uh, his original, like, fucking killer albums. It was like a trilogy set, so it was three albums put together. Um, I know he had stuff out before then. I'm not very familiar with it. This is when I found The weekend, And since then, I think he's released about three or four different albums, all of which I've been completely obsessed with, except for the Melancholy album. I completely don't fuck with it at all. Not the point. But pretty much when he released this album... I'll be honest with you, like, I haven't been vibing with any music, like, real hard for years now. Like, I mean, you know, since fucking, uh, you know, Ye and, and uh, Jay-Z released that Gold album, like, I haven't really been fucking with music where, you know, you know where you get an album and you just listen to that album on repeat for months and months and months, it's just shit. You know, even the song that you don't like on the album, you know all the words to it because you just listen to it, you know? And when this album came out, I remember, like, listening to it, Dude, how's this for the weekend? I remember I listened to, um, oh, what's that song? I only called you when it's half. Oh, what's it called? Dude, I was playing that shit before it blew up for so long that when it started blowing up, I remember my friends group was just like, this is the song that you play all the time. You, this is the song that I'm like, yeah, no shit. I fucking, yeah, dude, I know. It's a good song, right? And there's heaps of songs of the weekend that still have not been fucked with on the radio. And by the way, I know exactly how I sound. Everybody has this relationship with some band or some artist where they're like, oh, I fucking knew them before. They were cool. Wink, 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 wink. No one cares. So when this album came out, I was super excited, hoping that this was going to be a classic weekend album where it was packed with heaps of little fucking secret or hidden meanings or like hidden messages and all the rest. And then obviously the music videos are always fucking so cool with the weekend they seem to be these little stories that he tells if you watch them from beginning to end it's like watching a like watching a musical basically and it's super interesting how he uses such like kind of satanic iconography and symbolism in his in his like album artwork also in what he talks about and also in the uh in the music videos themselves it's super fun to like try and interpret or just like experience what this artist has put together i think one of the coolest things about the weekend is the fact that he creates things that are so multi-leveled 
that you can enjoy them on the surface by just passively listening to them or you can go balls deep and researching just one music video that he makes and spend literally hours breaking it apart and reading forums and watching other YouTube videos on, on other people's opinions of the, and all the rest and it will still be fascinating at the end of the day. Like he is just such a fucking interesting artist in general that I can't help but be fascinated by anything he releases. And I mean, the thing that identified him as him, the most characterizing like element of who he was, but outside of his music when I first met him, was he had this crazy hairstyle that didn't make any sense. It was like, it was like uh, you know, for anyone who knows the, the early weekend, you can, you, I don't have to explain it, but it was like a, an afro that was like it went out the front and out the back but didn't have any like side bit or, or middle bit at the top it was just like this kind of like if you turn to the side it kind of looked like a horse galloping with the head up here and the back down here not galloping like up on its back legs like that it was just like a like it was just crazy it's just like no one had hair like that and it wasn't one of those hairstyles where you're like oh i get it you're doing your hair to be different it was just one of those hairstyles where you're like that's fucking so unique and just like obviously that's your thing you know and then he got rid of the hair and then he's like, it's just, and his fashion is always on point. And like the dude's a good looking guy to begin with. And then on top of all that, like he's singing about getting fucked up. Like he's singing about being on drugs and fucking multiple chicks and going to these house parties and doing more drugs than everyone else. Like, but at the same time, he's not doing it like through rap or through like pop or anything. It's through R&B. So you're like having these really like melodic, like ex almost cathartic experiences listening to just the backing tracks. And then you listen to what he's actually saying. You're like, oh, he's talking about being fucked up on heroin right now. Wow. You know? So this new album called Dawn, spelled D-A-W-N, Dawn. It's an interesting album. Uh, I immediately fell in love with the song that comes after Best Friends, which is called Is There Someone Else? Now, if you're going to do anything after listening to this podcast, in fact, you should pause the podcast and do this right now. Go to the end of Best Friends. Go to like four-fifths of the way through the song. Just drag the little slider across and start playing it from there. Get yourself a nice set of noise-canceling headphones. I'd recommend the Bose QC35s. Play it from there because it's not even the song that I like. It's the transition between best friends and is there someone else? It's just this crazy fucking like wind up to this weird drop. And then the drop itself is the beginning of that song. And then that beat replicates itself throughout the song. So if you like that beat, you end up organically liking the song. Kind of weird though, because the song is all about like, I think... Well, is there someone else? It's basically talking about like a third in a relationship and like it's in a in a secretive way. So I think there is a little bit of like, you have to be kind of careful listening to some music, some artists, some albums, because if they do have that negative tone, I feel like if you listen to it too much, that negative tone can cross, cross over into your life. Oh, how weird was it? My last podcast was about me being a little bit depressed and this album's been out for about a month now. Hmm. Oh, all the things are dropping together in my mind. Anyway. But being aware of the fact that it's kind of negative at the same time might help a little bit. You know, I just think it's interesting when you find yourself repeating the hook to a song and then when you listen to the words you're actually saying, you're like, oh, I'm saying something that's really not what I would normally be saying. Like if it wasn't for this song, I probably wouldn't be repeating what I'm saying. And I'm actually kind of like spelling it out to myself as I repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. But anyway... I fell in love with that song. I short, uh, shortly later fell in love with Sacrifice. And after that, I fell in love with uh, 
Uh, what's that? I've forgotten what the name of the song is that I'm currently vibing on at the moment. I'm only vibing on it because I listened to it right before I went on the ride on Sunday. I had it stuck in my head for the ride up. So just continuously for two hours, I was just singing the main part of the song over and over and over and over again. It was fucking, ugh, but still fun. And then I came home, had to listen to it straight away. And I've just been listening to that like first thing in the morning, every morning since. So that's the song I'm kind of vibing on. But I would highly recommend going out and listening to The Weeknd's most recent album called Dawn and start with the last bit of Best Friends going into the song Is There Someone Else. It's my favorite part. And once you hear it, you'll probably go like, oh boy, I get it, right? That's funny, like, my one of my, you know, one of my real good mates, Luke, I, uh, I said, man, I've got, I've got this, this song to show you. And he's like, oh, fuck yeah. You know, like that's, that's cool. I said, yeah, but it's actually not the song. It's just like a part of a song. And he's like, oh, that's, that's even better. And it's like, man, it's so cool that you get that like a part of a song can be heaps better than a whole song itself. You know, some people are just living real basic lives, listening to the Black Eyed Peas all the time. And then there's like full fucking experiences that you can have through all different forms of art. I mean, realistically, but people are just like not at all vibrating on a plane to be able to understand or interpret what any of that is. And then you try and talk to them. They're like, oh yeah, that, that part is a good part of the song. <laughs> you know, actually I'll tell you what's cool about Luke and I, we always had this relation. So basically what happened was, oh my God, I tell you what I could, t- oh fuck. I could tell a hell good story about Luke. I may have even covered it a little bit on the podcast before, dude, dude. Yeah, nah, I oh, probably shouldn't. It's it's pretty mean for some people. It's a good. It's actually interesting. Okay, okay. So I'm just having a conversation with myself at this point. But basically, Luke and I used to be. So I don't even remember how I met Luke at all. But it just got to a point where we were like hanging out all the time, smoking weed together all the time. Just good friends, you know, really good friends. He was at my house every day. If he wasn't at my house, I was at his house. He had a beautiful apartment that overlooked the ocean. I have spoken about Luke a little bit before. So if you're a real fan, you know, real ones know. So Luke, um, Luke, 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 Luke. When he would come over, we'd have these like, these ridiculous like, you know, what would he call it? Like. We'd have food together, you know, like he'd, he'd bring his chick around and, you know, I'd probably have someone at the house or whether I was seeing some at the time, whatever, you know, we'd have food and he'd bring over a bottle of drink or he'd bring over like a plate of something and then we do food at his. And then it eventually got to a point that I ended up moving out of that house. I actually moved into his apartment with him and we were like, dude, we would, he would like, we got this situation where we would see something in the shopping center and be like, oh, that's tasty. I'll take that home so that we can try it together. You know what I mean? And I know how this sounds. Super gay, okay? Yeah, super gay. We used to like trying tasty foods together because we lived under the same roof, okay? So basically, we would, uh, you know, you'd see something and be like, oh, these fucking chocolate-covered lamingtons or maybe this new flavor of chips or... And this is a thing, like, it went beyond just the easy shit where you think like, oh, you know, the savory or the sweet snacks, man. We got to condiments. We got to sauces. We got to, like, different noodles and shit. It was, su- it was such a weird thing that, like, I think we both identified in each other, like, either of us are the type of person to do this sort of thing. But because of this cool thing within, whether it was the friendship friendship itself or whether it was something inside of the friendship, I don't know. It was just something that we both kind of like committed to and like you'd see something be like, fuck yeah, I'll get that. I'll get that for my boy. That's pretty fucking cool, you know. Actually, we had another dude living with us called Chris. 
I don't know what Chris is doing anymore. Hey, he just kind of stopped talking to us. Which, you know, I get. I get. He was like the first one to quit smoking cigarettes. And like, he's the sort of dude that would have just like never smoked a cigarette ever again because that's just the sort of guy he is. And like, you got to commend the dude for that. You know, that's that's pretty impressive. But I, I don't know where Chris is now. I think he lives in Mandra. Hey, doesn't matter at all for the story. And I'm definitely going to tell that other story about Luke. That's such a fucking good story. But I'm not going to tell it now. I'm going to tell the next podcast. I've honestly been waiting for Larissa to walk in the door because it is... 5.30 p.m. on Wednesday, the 16th or 17th of February, and she was getting her hair done after work, and that finished at 5 o'clock, so I'm surprised she hasn't walked through the door yet, but I've actually very conveniently reached my time anyway, so I'm going to use this, I'm going to take this opportunity to sign out and wish you farewell, but what I would like you to do, if you wouldn't mind, if you've lasted this far, tell me who you want to hear on the podcast, and I know I've asked this before, but nobody fucking answered me, okay, so... Who would you like to hear? What would be an interesting person? And I know you're probably thinking like, oh, well, I'd actually like you to hear, hear you speak to this person, but only I would like that. Well, there's about five of you listening to this podcast religiously, so have your opinion because it's about fucking 20% of the opinion that I'm going to get. So please reach out, tell me who you would like me to speak to, and yeah, be good to your mum. Super important. Be good to your mum. I think that's all I've got to say today. Radio. I'll see you next time. I'm out. Yo!